I just got home from the Golden One Center and I am still buzzing from that electric home opener atmosphere. So great to have a full capacity crowd back in attendance inside the G1C. And I know we don't care about moral victories anymore. It's all about wins or losses this season. But there were a lot of positives for the Sacramento Kings despite their loss to the Utah Jazz tonight. We will go over it all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Kings podcast, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. McDonald's, I'm loving it. And you know what? I was loving the King's atmosphere at the Golden One Center. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. Been a Sacramento sports media member for the last uh, seven years. This is my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with uh, KHDK Sports Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. Uh, But I've shared it many times before. I grew up a fan of the Sacramento Kings. I grew up in the Sacramento community, and it was the atmospheres at the old Arco Arena that made me fall in love, not just with Kings basketball, but with sports in general, with crowd sports. I've always been I'd rather be at the game versus watching at home, uh, even if I was sitting nosebleeds versus on my couch with basically a front row seat. I always prefer uh, being at the arena, at the games, part of the atmosphere. And to have that back tonight was just special. It really is special. I truly, uh, and I tweeted this out beforehand, I will not take for granted a full atmosphere, a full Golden One Center and an NBA Sacramento Kings game atmosphere ever again based off of the last couple of years uh, that we have been through with uh, the COVID pandemic. But it just felt like an extra celebration tonight, not just with the Kings season returning and the Kings coming in after a 1-0 start in Portland with optimism and high expectations this season. It was a celebration that we could all come back together again to uh, watch the game that we love, support the team uh, that we love here uh, in the California Capitals. So just an incredible atmosphere. Absolutely loved it. I'm still just buzzing about it. So, so, so excited. And in the end, we truly got treated to a fantastic basketball game. Just fantastic game. I know it's disappointing that the Kings weren't able uh, to get the win in this one, falling 110 to 101. That final score, by the way, is not accurate at all. I'm going to get into that. Um, but just a, an amazing game, a back and forth game, an entire or an in, in complete, uh, com- incredibly entertaining game. Easy for me to say. I'm so buzzing. Uh, incredibly entertaining game from start to finish. Uh, The Kings led for the majority of this game, had more than their fair chance of winning it, gave the Utah Jazz all that they could handle, uh, but in the end, they lose. But like I said, the 110 to 101 final score doesn't tell the story of this game because any of you who maybe didn't watch the game, maybe you're tuning into Locked on 
DraftKings to make sure you get the story because you didn't pay attention and you see that final score and you think, okay, the Utah Jazz are the better team. Uh, they they handled their business and, and beat the Kings by nine points. It probably could have and should have been more, blah, blah, blah. That really isn't the case. The Kings led for the majority of this game. I, I don't know if I have the actual um, number in front of me. I don't of how many minutes they led, but they were in control. They, they were the better team for the most part in this game. Unfortunately, they just weren't able to close things out as once again, not as drastic as the opener in Portland, but it was a tale of two halves for the Kings. The first half, Sacramento was in control. They were playing very well. Uh, second half, the Utah Jazz kicked it into that championship or, or next level gear that they have that the Kings just don't have yet. Uh, and Sacramento wasn't able to hold on. The, the disappointing part about this game is that when the Kings were playing their best, especially defensively, they never created enough separation. And you always knew that at some point that was going to come back to bite them in the butt. But in the Kings credit for the longest time too, Sacramento was able to keep Utah back. The Jazz were trying to put together their runs and, and get back into the game. And until the very, very end of the third quarter, Sacramento was, was holding them back and maintaining control. Uh, there's really two ways to look at this game from a Sacramento Kings fan. There's the frustrated win now expectation, pessimistic view, which is the Kings played at their peak or close to their peak defensively, not offensively, but defensively, this team played close to their peak and they still lost. There's that way to look at things. And the other way to look at things is, and maybe you might deem this as a moral victory. I'm here to tell you, I don't care about moral victories either. Moral victories be damned this season. It's about winning or losing. But it's right for me to say the full story of this game, which was the Kings were in control. They gave Utah, who is the best regular season team in the Western Conference and quite possibly could be the best team in the Western Conference period this season, maybe the best team in the NBA period, although they didn't really look like it too much uh, in this game. But the Kings gave the Utah Jazz absolutely all that they could handle. Like I said, they were in control for the majority of the game. Defensively, they were locked in. They were giving Davion Mitchell fits. Rudy Gobert had struggled getting going offensively completely in the first half. And the second half started to come alive a little bit more and assert himself a little bit more defensively. The Kings were forcing the Utah Jazz to just live and die by the three-point shot, which actually kept Utah in the game uh, in the first half. Sacramento did a ton, a ton right in this game. Did enough to win. Uh, however, some uh, some some struggles in other areas, and the Utah Jazz just being a team that knows how to uh, make adjustments when they need to, that was the difference in this game in the end. Davion Mitchell, I've been looking forward to his opportunity to play in front of a full golden one center, a real NBA crowd for a real NBA game for a while. And boy, did he not disappoint. He came into a massive ovation within a couple of minutes. He was playing, uh, defending Donovan Mitchell, the, the star for the Utah jazz, no relation to them, by the way, Davion and Donovan Mitchell, they are not related. Um, but, uh, Donovan is is attacking Davion and Davion just grabs the ball out of his hands and completely rips it away. Fast break the other end, throws up an alley-oop that is, that is finished by Terrence Davis. And it's just, an, I mean, the, the place goes absolutely nuts. And it's that welcome to the NBA moment truly for, um, for Davion Mitchell. Now, he actually wasn't the only one to get a welcome to the NBA and mainly a welcome to Sacramento moment. Tyrese Halliburton also got a welcome to Sacramento moment. I asked him about it after the game. I planned on having the audio for you, but unfortunately wasn't able to wrangle it and get it all together uh, in my hurry to get home. 
But Tyrese had a moment off of a King steal where uh, he got, I think it was in the first half, maybe it was in the second quarter or early third quarter. I'm not sure. Uh, but he gets a, a transition dunk, just a tomahawk dunk where he got to show off a little bit and got that massive pop uh, from the Kings crowd. Remember, he played in pretty much an empty gym for his entire rookie season, has heard a ton about what the Kings atmosphere is like, but finally, truthfully got to experience it as a player. So he got that welcome to Sacramento moment. Uh, and he talked about how great that was a little bit after the game. But Davion Mitchell was just fantastic in this game. And, and Buddy Hill, after the game, called him uh, the best on-ball defender already in the NBA. He played like it last night. He was giving Donovan Mitchell fits. He had a couple of possessions on Mike Conley. Uh, he just forces turnovers and, and forces bad offensive play from opponents. As soon as he comes into the game, he just makes that immediate impact. Now, offensively, once again, he struggled to be effective, just three points on one of eight shooting. Uh, but don't don't just look at it from an offensive standpoint and think, man, Davion was really ineffective in his 31 and a half minutes because quite the opposite. He was fantastic. Uh, the Kings, however, offensively, I think that's where I'm most concerned with this team. And I didn't expect to say that because defensively, we know the Kings were the second worst defense in, in NBA history last season. But this team offensively, hasn't quite gotten it going yet. We know they're capable of getting it going. And had they had a better shooting night, especially from three-point range, Kings went eight of 36, 22% from three-point range, shot 39% uh, as a team uh, for the night. They have a better three-point shooting night. They win this game and they're able to create probably double digits worth of separation. Their lead never got above nine points. Uh, that three-point shot drops a little bit more. Uh, the Kings are, are probably looking at a 2-0 start and a pretty significant upset victory over the Utah Jazz, but still the half-court offense is questionable. Now the Kings were scoring really, really well, especially in the first half, forcing turnovers and getting out in transition. They scored 23 points off of 19 Utah uh, turnovers. Unfortunately, the Kings themselves turned the ball over 15 times for 20 uh, Utah points. So they were sloppy themselves, kind of uh, not taking full advantage of, of what they were forcing uh, the, the Jazz into. But three-point shooting, just offense in general, and then half-court offense, it needs to improve for this Kings team uh, to win games like this and to learn how to close games out like this because you knew the Utah Jazz were going to make their run. You knew when it got into crunch time the defense was going to pick up. The Kings were going to get less transition opportunities, meaning they would have to grind it out and figure it out in the half-court. And we could tell that that was lacking. But one thing that isn't lacking with this Kings team, they're not soft anymore there I, I should say what's not lacking for this team is physicality like Rashawn Holmes got into foul trouble we're going to talk about him fouling out a little bit later Alex Len plays a lot of minutes off of the bench for Rashawn Holmes and when Alex is in the game you can see the difference of just that paint presence he's very physical I think he elbowed Rudy Gobert at one point and got away with it the Kings are not soft anymore they did not play soft at all in this game, every single time in the first half, the Utah Jazz would try to attack the basket, and that's where they were looking to get their points. They were met by somebody, and the Kings, they play very annoying defense, very handsy defense, trying to slap the ball away, trying to strip the ball uh, if you're attacking the basket. The Kings just are very handsy on defense, very physical. They force the Utah Jazz uh, to rely on the three ball, and the three ball is really what won the Jazz this game. They took 42 three-pointers, hit 16 of them for 38%. That number was close to 50% uh, for much of this game because of how well they were shooting uh, that three-point shot. Without their three-point shot dropping, and if the Kings' three-point shot was falling a little bit more uh, in that first half, the Kings could have had a 15-plus point lead. 
uh, in this game. That's how much they were dominating truly on the defensive end uh, of the floor. But Buddy Heald, speaking of three-point shooting, he had the green light. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the disappointing night offensively overall for De'Aaron Fox. It looked like he sustained a little bit of a shoulder injury. Um, haven't heard anything specific from it yet. He tried to play through it, but he definitely wasn't his best. Uh, and the uh, once again, talking about the, the half-court offense, the struggles of the half-court offense. We're going to get into this. Rashawn Holmes getting into foul trouble. Marvin Bagley made an appearance in this game. The Kings were without Mo Harkless, and Terrence Davis got the start. Was that the the right decision. We're still going to get into all of that. Uh, but first, though, want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and community can come to reconnect and 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 be with one another. It's a place where classmates can meet for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home team or away team can come to recharge. It's the place for you to always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to Rest your legs, refuel, and of course, fill up with a delicious meal. McDonald's, uh, one of my favorite places to go. It's funny. Uh, they say the the wife has, uh, and the woman has, the mother has uh, pregnancy cravings during their nine months of, of pregnancy. My wife certainly did, but I got my own pregnancy cra- uh, cravings, and it was those uh, Oreo and M&M McFlurries uh, from McDonald's. I was getting one almost every single night, and like their slogan says, I absolutely uh, was loving it. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect, and hey, maybe a, a future uh, Locked on Kings watch party at McDonald's? It could happen. Once again, Harrison Barnes was the leading scorer for the Sacramento Kings in this game, finished with 25 points. He had a very, very strong first half, kind of disappeared a little bit uh, in the second half, scored the first eight points of the game for the Sacramento Kings, I believe. And it was funny, I was working with the Utah Jazz uh, radio broadcast team, and at one point they start talking about uh, the the play of Harrison Barnes and the fact that last season Harrison was a, a, a hot um, trade target for a lot of teams at the deadline and how they expect that to be the same. And they were heaping all sorts of praises at Harrison Barnes saying they think that he could be the missing piece on a championship team this year. Uh, And while part of me was like, well, the Kings more than likely aren't going to be trading Harrison Barnes. Why would they give that up? He's in his prime and he's playing really well with his Kings team. I viewed it more as a compliment to what Harrison is trying to do. And and David Locke, who's the jazz play-by-play broadcaster on the radio side, he went on to say that it's because of Harrison's role and him playing in his role, playing in the correct role uh, that he has carved out such an important um, spot and role uh, with this Kings team. And he's become such an effective, efficient, and reliable piece for Sacramento compared to his time with the um, uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks or maybe even uh, the Golden State Warriors to some extent. So he continues to play very, very well. Uh, finished with 25 points right behind him in scoring, though, was Buddy Heald. Had 24 points, but... 9 of 21 shooting, 6 of 15 from three-point range. He absolutely had the green light. And his shooting, uh, quite honestly, kept the Kings ahead for much of the second and third quarters. Um, Buddy, we know he's not afraid to shoot. And we've talked about it before, how I think Luke Walton enables not the right word, but uh, Luke trusts uh, Buddy Heald enough to know that Buddy can go out there and Buddy, if it looks good to Buddy Heald, it's probably, for the most part, 
a good shot and there's a good chance of it going in. Now, Buddy also does take bad shots and he had a couple of those in this game, but for the most part, Buddy Hill got a lot of good looks uh, in the flow of the offense. Very different this game compared to uh, the the um, the game in, in Portland because a significant more amount of or higher amount of shots for Buddy in this game versus Portland. He was really efficient, let the game come to him. Uh, in this game, you could tell that the Kings were asking for an offensive push and an offensive spark from him, and he was really picking up the scoring load that was dropped by De'Aaron Fox and to some extent Tyrese Halliburton. Now, Tyrese, significant better, significantly better game uh, tonight than in Portland. I mean, 15 points uh, was aggressive attacking the basket, which is one of the things uh, that the Kings have been asking more of him. Finished 7 of 12 from the field, also had uh, six assists and three steals. De'Aaron Fox, um, we're going to get to his struggles on offense, but de- defensively he forced five steals. Davion Mitchell had four steals. The Kings, uh, as a total, 15 steals in this game, which was phenomenal. Like I said, very handsy on defense. Uh, but like I said, once again, it was kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, in this game as the Kings, they never scored over 30 in a quarter and the Jazz only scored over 30 in one quarter, which was the third. But the Kings were outscored significantly uh, in the in the second half. In particular, the, uh, the fourth quarter, they were outscored 29 to 21 in the fourth. Only 21 points in that fourth quarter that goes to tell you how the defense um Continued to play hard, and the offense kind of disappeared and and started to evaporate uh, a little bit. So that was one of the ways you could tell uh, that the Kings were were unable to pull this game out. But in the end, um, the green light for Buddy Heald getting that many three-point opportunities wasn't quite enough uh, to make up for only 12 points. Uh, from De'Aaron Fox, 5 of 19 shooting, 0 of 5 from three-point range. He started this game trying to go right at Mike Conley, who he's had a lot of success against uh, in the past, but De'Aaron was trying to use his strength and size advantage to to back Conley down a little bit. And I understand him wanting to take advantage of that strength, but that's not really De'Aaron's game. He's capable of doing it, and with the the size that he's put on, how he's bulked up this offseason, I know he would like to do it more, but De'Aaron's game has always been speed and, and playing downhill and, and getting you and forcing defenses to react quickly and oftentimes make the wrong decision or foul him and send him to the line. Mike Conley is a savvy veteran defender. Even if he's undersized, he knows at least how to stand his ground against De'Aaron. Uh, in the first three, four shots of this game, De'Aaron was not able to drop trying that that back down physical uh, post-up play. And the reality is, as as... De'Aaron was still fine. He was still effective in this game. But when it comes down to crunch time and it's within a few points and you're taking on one of the best teams in the NBA, that is where you need your superstar, your head of the snake, to truly step up. That is where De'Aaron Fox needs to make the difference. And to be fair to him, last season, he made the difference a lot of times in those games, win or loss. Tonight, just 12 points, like I said, 5 of 19 shooting. It's just not good enough. You need more from De'Aaron. He said it himself last season. On the nights that he's not great, he has to be at least good. And I would say De'Aaron was just fine or fair tonight. And it's no surprise that in a game where De'Aaron is fine or fair, even with the defense being as good as it was, the Kings lost. You just need more out of De'Aaron Fox. You need more out of your star there. And then Rashawn Holmes, fantastic game for Rashawn. Only played 18 minutes, though, because he was in foul trouble for most of the night. He had uh, the very difficult um, assignment of going against Rudy Gobert. I thought defensively he did fantastic against Rudy Gobert. In fact, uh, I think he started the game with three blocks in the first four minutes, if I'm not mistaken. 
And rim protection is one of the many things that we've been asking for, I shouldn't say many things, one of the main things that we've been asking for Rashawn to improve on, especially getting the second contract, which by the way, I can already tell that this second contract is a great deal for the Sacramento Kings, a steal once again for the Sacramento Kings, as there are a lot worse starting centers and even backup centers in the NBA that are making more uh, than Rashawn Holmes is. Speaking of which, did you see all the uh, the, the chaos that's going on uh, in Los Angeles to see the video of Anthony Davis and backup center uh, uh, Dwight Howard fighting on the bench? Not really fighting, pushing and shoving and getting in each other's faces. Everything's fine in Laker land, it seems, and it makes it even more sweet that Buddy Heald is still in Sacramento when he could have and should have been traded uh, to the Lakers, and he, he's having a, a game like he had tonight. But Rashawn Holmes, uh, unfortunately, uh, gets into foul trouble in this game, which really takes him out of his flow. He finished with six points, had 10 total rebounds. That also allowed Rudy Gobert to get going, especially in the second half. He finished with 17 points and 20 rebounds. What frustrates me is, you know, the Kings lose a lot of close games, and a lot of times uh, it comes down to ticky-tack fouls at the end, and, and Kings fans since 2002 always feel slighted, right? by the officials with those late game fouls. But Rashawn Holmes had a very, very, very legitimate gripe uh, in this game. He was uh, just boxing Rudy Gobert out. And look, he's undersized for the center. He's significantly smaller. I shouldn't say significantly. He is definitely smaller uh, than Rudy Gobert is. And he got low, got position on Rudy Gobert, trying to box out to grab a rebound. When a smaller player boxes out a bigger player, stays low and holds their ground to where that big player tries to move through you and kind of falls over the top of you, that's not a foul. That's just boxing out. That's playing your size or disadvantage and, and, and getting low and using the ground, helping getting rid of that big man by boxing out so you or your team can secure a rebound. And Rudy or uh, Rashawn Holmes got foul, uh, called for his sixth and final foul by a good box out, which was just absurd. And at that point, we knew, man, it was going to be hard for the Kings to win this game uh, late in the fourth quarter if Rashawn Holmes uh, is is out of the game. And lo and behold, the Kings weren't able uh, to overcome that. So I was definitely disappointed by that. For the most part, I think the officials did a really, really solid job in this game. Uh, the second half, they blew the whistle a whole hell of a lot more than they did the first half. They did make a questionable decision early in this game with Joe Ingles uh, getting ejected for a flagrant two on Davion Mitchell and watching it in real time. It definitely absolutely 100% was a flagrant foul and it could have been a whole hell of a lot worse than it actually was. Davion Mitchell came inches away from hitting the ground head first. He goes up for a transition dunk. He was going for it, man. He was looking for a statue of Liberty tower, Tomahawk dunk. And, uh, Joe Ingles sticks his hip, undercuts Davion, uh, and Davion falls hard to the floor. Thank God he caught himself. Go back and watch the video. You can see an angle. He comes maybe centimeters away from just hitting forehead first on the hardwood, which was really, really scary. Um, Davion did say after the game, though, that he felt that it was not intentional by Joe Ingles. And I would actually agree. I don't think it was intentional by Joe to, to undercut him that bad and put him in that much danger. Uh, and Davion said that he didn't feel that, that Joe deserved to be uh, ejected for that. And immediately watching it live and watching it back, you can see as soon as the play is over, Joe Ingles goes and apologizes to Davion. Um, so 
I believe Davion when he when he says that it wasn't Ingles' intention to hurt him. That being said, it's still an incredibly dangerous play. An official is almost forced to call that a flagrant two just to protect the player because you can't have stuff like that happen. So in the end, I'm okay with Ingles being ejected, but I understand what Davion Mitchell uh, was trying to say. But Marvin Bagley got some playing time in this game. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the decision of Terrence Davis starting uh, over uh, Mo Harkless because Mo Harkless was out. He was a late scratch with an injury that uh, he uh, sustained in the, the Portland game. Uh, plus, as good as Buddy Heald was offensively at times in this game, he did unfortunately have that late game blunder that we've come to expect and fear out of Buddy. I'll touch on that before we wrap up. But I have to tell you about uh, one of our sponsors here of the Locked On Kings podcast. It's Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and they have teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. That's mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and that is teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best. As LeBron says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves at bedtime to sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like he mentioned the rain on the leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditations so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by sweat block, the antiperspirant wipes that work better than anything out there. I'm using sweat block right now. And thanks to sweat block, I'm able to wear this, uh, this fine get up, wear these, uh, these nice dress clothes, uh, to a game at the golden one center. And when we're all packed in with all those bodies in there, it gets a little hot. Sometimes I don't have to worry about sweat stains because of sweat block. They work to up to seven days per use doctor created doctor recommended and they give you a dry shirt guarantee meaning if sweat block doesn't keep you dry you get your money back it's not just for armpits either you can use it on your chest your back your feet your hands use it anywhere and i mean anywhere if you know what i mean in addition to all the obvious areas uh, if you're someone that cares about dealing with sweat, you don't want to deal with the embarrassment, the discomfort of those sweat stains on a hot or cold day. It can happen during wintertime as well. Make sure you take advantage and get yourself a sweat block. Uh, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at CVS Pharmacy, but I recommend getting it at sweatblock.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off there. Use sweat block. Get rid of those embarrassing stains. You'll feel more comfortable and more confident. You can take my word for it. All right, here are the top three pops from the Sacramento Kings crowd inside the Golden One Center tonight. Number one was Davion Mitchell ripping the ball away uh, from Donovan Mitchell and getting out in transition. He had a number of defensive plays that absolutely uh, fired this crowd up. Number two uh, was Tyrese Halliburton's uh, fast break tomahawk dunk. And number three was Marvin Bagley checking into the game. Now, 
we knew that there was a possibility of Marvin being available and and and, and checking into the game uh, tonight because Mo Harkless, who can play that three four wing uh, forward hybrid position, he was a late scratch in this game. He uh, we found out about half an hour before tip off that he was not going to be available to go for the Kings. And of course he's a starter an important rotation piece. Uh, he hurt himself in Portland uh, and was not available for the Kings tonight. So Marvin Bagley, we ne- didn't hear any kind of guarantee that he would play or not, but Luke Walton said after the game, it's next man up. And, and he was the guy to fill that position. Now Marvin didn't come in and do anything spectacular, but to Marvin's credit, he also didn't come in and look absolutely lost defensively. He came in and provided some solid minutes for the Kings. Played 10 and a half minutes, finished with two points, only took two shots. Uh, so nothing major there. Did have four rebounds. Uh, turned the ball over one time. Defensively, didn't do anything phenomenal. No steals, no blocks. So nothing that's going to jump off the box score for you. But watching the eye test, he was rotating well. He was communicating. Uh, and the Kings defensively didn't drop off when he came into the game, which is a major perk for him. Uh, and my major takeaway, honestly, from Marvin uh, playing in tonight's game was the how the crowd responded to him and the amount of people in that building that wanted to see him succeed. Despite everything that's been going on, it wouldn't have surprised me if some people booed him, honestly. Uh, with everything, all the off-court drama uh, and his agent saying what his agent said just a few days ago. But that wasn't the case. The Golden One Center, they welcomed him. Fans were cheering for him. He did, unfortunately, uh, have a a, a put-back dunk that was taken off, as it was called, a either a loose ball foul or a foul on Marvin. I can't remember. Uh, but that was a big moment for him. He got a major pop when that happened. Unfortunately, the basket didn't count. Uh, but it was kind of heartwarming, I guess to see the the Kings crowd support him in that way. And he still has, like we've talked about so much, uh, so much potential. He has um, the capability of being a solid NBA player. I'm not going to say that him checking into one game and and putting up two points or whatever uh, is, is enough for me to say, Hey, maybe he can change things here in Sacramento. He can make it work. He's still not in the rotation if Mo Harkless plays. Um, so I'm, I still think his days in Sacramento are, are all but over his time in Sacramento, uh, is all but done. He's just here kind of as a placeholder as of right now. Um, but at least it was good to see that, that reception that he got the Kings in place of, uh, Mo Harkless decided to start Terrence Davis at the, uh, the three and move Harrison Barnes down to the floor. And Terrence played 19 and a half minutes, just six points for him on three of eight shooting. Oh, of four from three point range. He never really got going offensively, uh, defensively got into foul trouble with five fouls did have one steal. Um, but also had some breakdowns defensively. He's, he's, not that much better than Buddy Heald defensively. He is better, but not that much better. So I'm okay with the decision of uh, of him starting in place of Mo Harkless. I'm okay with uh, Luke going with him for his size over Buddy Heald against a team like the Utah Jazz, even if Buddy Heald was more effective. Plus, like I've talked about before, I think Buddy is significantly better offensively when he, he comes into the game and can kind of work his way uh, into the flow of things. Well, normally he works his way into the flow of things off the bench tonight. He just came in and tried to shoot everything. Everything, uh, every time the ball touched his hands. And, and for the most part, uh, it worked for him. So I was okay with Terrence Davis starting over Mo Harkless or in place of Mo Harkless tonight. I want to let you, or I want to know if you feel the same way. Please let me know. Uh, if you were at the game, let me know your thoughts on the atmosphere. If you watch from home, anything else that you noticed from the TV angle, uh, your takeaways, positive, negative, 
Uh, if you hate moral victories or if you actually feel that there are more moral victories from this game that I didn't really talk about, let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. It is late. Actually, right now it is technically Saturday. I am ready for bed, but I still have to uh, to get the last bit of jitters and excitement from that crowd. Uh, I hope if you didn't come to the home opener tonight that you can make it out to a Kings game in the very near future to be back to experience that atmosphere because it truly is a blessing uh, to be back. And if you do come to a future game, let me know if I'm there. I'd love to chat with you and say hi. I got to say hi to a few of you tonight uh, who listen to Lockdown Kings. Thank you so much for your support. And I can't wait to have you join me on uh, Sunday night or maybe even Monday after the Kings play the uh, the Golden State Warriors. I will say if the Kings play on Sunday like they did for the most part against the Utah Jazz tonight, I think the Kings win on Sunday. But I'm, I'm not, I don't want to go too ahead of myself because that Warriors team, uh, they're off to a pretty solid start. So we'll, uh, we'll have you back with me for that game. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.